Hello again, guys and gals, and welcome to another episode of On the Range Podcast. As always, I am Mark Kelly, and joined by my co-host and friend, Rick Hogg. How's it going, buddy? Man, Mark, it's going great. Another great day here in the On the Range Podcast studio where we can voice our First Amendment rights Hopefully uh, unsuppressed. However, do us that huge favor. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating review. Been kind of slack out there, guys. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But since you're out there cruising on the interwebs, make sure you guys swing by warhog.com, kellydefense.com. Make sure you sign up for those newsletters. Don't worry. I won't bombard you because my email campaign, at least via my uh, web servers, ban right now. I'm on go to, yeah, or they go to spam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on suspension because... My own email goes to spam and it flags and shuts everything down. Ah, here no there. Yeah. It's the it's the uh the issues of having AI, you know, it's no different. Um Facebook, Instagram pulled yeah. my ad for the firearm training notebook, which oh mm -hmm. by the way, this this uh, episode is brought to you by <laughs> because it because I'm selling firearms or guns or explosives. I'm like, hey, dope, it's a book. But this is your AI technology, right? That supposedly is supposed to make us smarter and brighter. It can't yeah. differentiate between a gun and a book. So think yeah. about that, guys. Uh, but anyway, since you're out there surfing the interwebs, make sure you guys swing by patreon.com forward slash on the range podcast. Become a member of the OTR crew. Uh, yes. Kind of some new, some new branding we had going on there. Mm -hmm. it, we got, what, 100 plus different variety of videos, training videos, reviews, tips, yeah. uh, vlogs, all kinds of stuff on there. Crew members are growing, international group, like-minded individuals want to be 1% better every single day. We do a bi-monthly Zoom call with those guys, so just a fantastic crew. So make sure you guys swing by patreon.com forward slash on the range podcast. Check it out. Uh, for my LEOs out there, we have a special tier just for you guys. And we'll start populating LEO-only content just for you guys. So pass that to your friends and family. All right, buddy. So our, our guest today is Wes Whitlock. So Wes is just a super dude. I'm going to pull you his bio from westwhitlock.com. Recommend you guys check it out. So Wes is down in uh, the great state of Texas. He's a father of two children down there, three separate businesses. Um, he was in the, uh, in the Marines, once a Marine, always a Marine. Can't forget that. Went to Rome to study business, man. How cool would that be? Yeah. Right. I mean, just and trust me, I love Europe. So, uh, super cool on that one. Um, came back, worked for the government doing some high threat, uh, protection work, came back to, uh, Austin, Texas, worked for Dell doing some EP work there. And then 2012 starts up rogue American apparel where he's still doing that today. Um, 2005 starts up his second business disciplines of iron. Um, then 2016, hey, since we got all that going on, why don't we start up Invader Cop? <laughs> Jeez. Damn. Uh, just yeah. amazing. 2017, he is the Veteran Business of the Year by Crown, by Crown Royal. Uh, waves the or waves the uh, start flag at the uh, American F1 race. Um, he is going to fire up his podcast, uh, Going Rogue, with Wes Whitlock. He's got a book in the works, traveled around the world. Uh, he supports 501c3s. Um, and again, guys, I'm just trying to give you a quick peruse through. I mean, it is just on and on um, the things he does. And he's just a, a great American, just supports great foundations. Westwoodlock.com. He's got his supplements out there as well. So make sure you guys check him out. Super excited to have Wes joining the show. 
you know, demographic. So we were talking and uh, I was talking about the Camaro. We we're going to do some, some, we were going to do some work together because of his channel. And he, cause he's got a great, he's got great supporters. So I'm like, I'm like, uh, you can drive a, a four speed, right? You know? And he's like, well, uh, I've driven a tractor before, so it shouldn't be that much harder. I'm like, bro, you're a country guy with guns and shit and a rodeo dude. And you don't drive a, you can't drive a manual. Like, I call bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It, it's your millennial anti-theft device, man. If you got a standard yes. transmission, nobody's taking your car. They're going to sit there and go, I don't know what to do with this. So that's, we should just make that now. You shouldn't have any kind of YouTube that has anything to do with guns, cars, or anything. If you can't drive a standard transmission. No, I should just be out. I'm trying to get my damn, my damn, uh, ears working here. Let me, uh, try. The camera looks great. All right. Does it can? And can you guys hear now? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We could hear you great all the time. I'm just worried about okay. you being able to hear with your headphones on. So cool. yeah, they're, they're kind of glitchy. So I may just throw this, throw them off. Cause I can hear you guys. Fuck it. I'm going to go naked here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too excited though. All right. <laughs> uh, all good, brother. All nice. good. Yeah, well, it's good to finally meet you guys. I know we've been talking for a long time, you know, and uh, see all your stuff, see what you guys are doing. Definitely in line yeah. with a lot of just cool shit and stuff that we love and stuff that uh, definitely a lot of uh, the same buddies and stuff. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's cool to finally connect, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, Wes, let's be an honest broker, man. You're crushing it, dude. Right. Let, let's think yeah. about it for a minute. When well, I look at... Everybody looks like they're crushing it, but you know, we're, we're, well, we're, we're grinding, man. We're grinding just like the next guy, you know? Well, but I mean, let's think about it from a veteran entrepreneurial standpoint, right? Three separate businesses. Now you just started up the supplement company. Is that falling under rogue American or who's that falling under? Or is that a separate offset that West just decided, Hey man, let's get into supplements. Yeah. My employees are already pissed. So no, it's, <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's called the entrepreneur freaking crazy mindset. You know, I, I love mm -hmm. to build stuff, man. I, I love to take something from nothing and I love to grow it. That's my obsession. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm pretty good at doing that. Um, you know, so I will I, I have to dial myself in sometimes and, 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 and try to stay focused on one thing. So it's really hard for me because there's so much stuff I want to do. There's so many different things that I want to do. And it's all stuff that I love, you know. I, I started Rogue American, you know, 11 years ago. Uh, you know, kind of, there wasn't a lot of veteran businesses really out there. It was not like it is today. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. The, the, the internet and dudes getting out and, and starting their own business stuff has really exploded in the past 10 years. Um, you know, we used to go to SHOT Show, uh, you know, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. That whole dynamics changed back then. It was a lot of the fisher, you know, the the hunting mm -hmm. crew. You know, you had you know Black Hawk. You had uh, you had Tag Gear. You know, uh, Chris Osmond with Tag. He's been out there for a long time. And you had a uh, uh, Tactical Taylor. You had a few of those companies that were there. You know, but nowadays it's like there's so many. Um, and we had a body armor company then. Uh, it was a low vis uh, body armor, so it was called Rogue Gunfighter. We did ankle med kits. We did back pocket med kits. We did super slick, low-vis stuff, you know. And back then, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, it was still the, the bulky RoboCop stuff. A lot of it had 
shot show anyway. Dudes downrange were, were making their own stuff, like as you know, and Tactile Taylor kind of was, you know, they were doing great. They were coming out with some really cool kit, um, but there just wasn't a lot of it out there. Um, so, you know, we we did that, and I ended up selling that business off. But I had Rogue American, and and at the time I was I was working full time. I was doing private security for executives. Um, but I wanted to do my own thing eventually. And I, I, you know, I like the design work. I like the, you know, I liked, I'm not a, I'm not a fashion dude. I'm not, I don't give a shit about like clothing and all that. I just like to come up with cool designs. And back then I wanted to kind of have a message, um, put a message out there that was not your typical PX diplomacy at a thousand yards with the sniper guy on it. And, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. American Eagles and all this stuff, which, which is cool, but, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to take cool designs from my travels from Greece and Rome and Yemen. And, you know, just as you guys know, there's just some amazing art out there. And it's 2000 years, 2000 plus years old that relates to kind of this, you know, the Templar stuff, the, you know, the warrior mindset stuff, all mm-hmm. that. And I was like, that's the kind of stuff I want to see, you know, on, on stuff. And, and, and kind of spread our message back then too. Dudes were still downrange, and there was still a lot of discontent, and and there was still a lot of, you know, when you're younger and you're over there in those countries, you know, you're very proud to be American, and sometimes we weren't proud, we weren't, we weren't friendly with the enemy, you know, because of certain things we would we would have to deal with. So we kind of took on the role of the infidel mindset and, you know, and, and we embraced the designs into that. So going to, you know, Jerusalem and Rome and going into churches that had um, art that that uh, the pilgrims would leave on their way down to Jerusalem. That was just badass stuff, you know, winged skeletons, with crosses on them. And, you know, I was like, that's the shit I like, you know, like so, you know, I started kind of messing around with that. Uh, but before that, you know, downrange, you know, when I was doing, I was doing exact, well, I was doing uh, diplomatic security at the time. So we opened up uh, um, the embassy there, the embassy in Kabul. So we had Paladin, which was the ambassador's security detail. And then we had Broadsword, which is the long range teams. And I worked on both of those. But, you know, I was kind of the guy that came up with the morale stuff, you know, just like you guys know, every unit, every small team has these badass little designs that dudes would kick up downrange and that shit was badass you know just like dudes were doing in vietnam like you know making shit out in the field and just making these really evil like designs man that were just nasty you know and uh so i was kind of that guy you know and it was just for morale stuff for our for our you know um paladin was you know you know have gun will travel kind of a crusader theme type stuff and um, and then broad sort of did that stuff, but the guys loved it. They would go home. And then once I left all that stuff and I'm back stateside work and dudes would hit me up, Hey dude, you got any more of those, you know, paladin shirts and this, that, and the other, like, no, man, I just made those for us down there, you know, <laughs> yeah. but they got me thinking, I was like, man, that's, that shit was cool, man. And, and, you know, I, I was working and I, you know, I've always been a kind of an entrepreneur spirited person. And I told myself at 40, I'm done. I will not be working for anybody. Whatever, no matter what I have to do, I'm done. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I started started Rogue, you know, and and you know, put up a website and a couple of designs. And um what really helped me propel myself then was was the dudes I met, the dudes I worked with that were still supporting me. So guys that were still downrange, guys that um that I looked up to that were still downrange and uh, working for the agencies, working for all the units. 
um, you know, I'd send them stuff and they would support me and push it out there. And, and, and it just really started taking off to the point where I'm like, man, if I left, you know, if I was doing this full time, I could probably make a living. I could probably pay my bills. I could probably, you know, walk away from having to work for the man. But I was, you know, I was making really good money. And for, for a, a dude in the States, it comes from, you know, when you get out of the military, you don't make any money. And then when you go contracting, you start making money. Um, but then when you come stateside, you're trying to get a good job where you're not have to worry about IEDs and threats that of those nature. It's a different type of threat in the U.S. So um, and I had kids, young kids, so I wanted to be home um, and uh, got a really good job with Dell. I worked for Dell, Michael and his family for you know eight years. Uh, and it was it was a good job for guys like us. It was good pay. Um you know, the benefits, all that stuff. But I just, I wasn't, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't, you got to put on the monkey suit sometimes, you know, you kind of have to be somebody who you're not, you know, and you got to really play the game. And a lot of guys that get out of that high threat stuff, or they can have the baddest background in the world. I don't care how, what their resume says that they did in the military. When they get out and, and work states, Side EP is a whole different dynamic. So mm -hmm. you got to have skill set, yes, but you also have to be able to adapt to different family dynamics. You can't just be, I'm a badass that's got shot every weapon in the, and, and been all over the world and has been to every school in the world. Like that helps for sure. But can you have a conversation with executives? Can you travel with family members? Can you make them not feel like there's a freaking ape behind me everywhere they go? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that was kind of hard for me. Cause I like the, I like the high threat stuff and I like, you know, where you when you're doing that kind of work, you knew your role and you knew, you know, there was no like, oh, am I going to offend my my principal, my people? Like, no, it's like, sir, no, we're not going there. This is why. Or guess what? We're going there and this is what we're bringing with us. They had no say in, in, in how we did our security there. Where stateside, you're dealing with families, you're dealing with, you know, billionaire executives who are going to tell you sometimes what to do. They're not going to be like, oh, no, you can you can kind of maybe give them some insight on certain areas that you might not you might recommend not to go to give recommendations and threat assessments and stuff like that for sure. But you have to there's a lot of di diplomatic negotiation happening in, in, in state side EP that you have to kind of play the, those games. So, um, you know, I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that until I was 50 or 60. And I didn't want to be at because I work with those dudes. They get in that line of work and that's all they do. And then they're with, you know, their children at a discotheque in New York City and they're 60 years old and like, fuck, man, at three in the morning, this sucks. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, started Rogue and then it, it really started taking off, man. And and uh, and I said, well, so I was doing this full time. I could probably do OK. So I did. I quit my job. Um, I remember leaving that day. Uh, Round Rock was out at uh, Dell at the Dell um, headquarters there. And uh walked out and I was like, man, this is kind of, I'm nervous because I still have bills to pay. I have a mortgage. I have kids. I have, right. Uh, you know, so cut the cord, man. And then just went full bore, man. And and things within a, within two or three weeks, a month, I'm like, I knew I had made the right decision. Um, you know, so from there, um, from there, just kept growing it and, you know, made mistakes along the way, made plenty of mistakes. You know, I didn't, know everything for sure um 
I was kind of, as I went, I was learning, learning as I went. I did go to school. I studied in, at the American University in Rome. I went to Rome. I, I studied business there. I started international marketing and business. Um, this was, you know, 1999, 2000. Um, E-commerce was still a new word. Like that was a class, mm -hmm. you, you know, the internet, all that stuff was still fairly new. So it was kind of old. It wasn't relative to what's happened nowadays where everything's happening so fast. Um, so I, I've never used any of that, really. I don't think that in my businesses, any stuff I learned in, in school, it was more when I went to school, I wanted I was going to go in as an 1811. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to either go with the agency or go as an 1811 secret service or um, as a special agent. And you have to have a degree. I don't care who you are. You have to have a degree to get into those doors. Um, and that's was my goal. Um, you know, when, when, when I went to school to get my degree, I was going to stay with the government. Anyway, dude, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling on here, man. I was trying no, to. <laughs> Wes, you're, you're spot on. Hey, I, I do have a quick question for you though. When, before you left Dell, were you doing anything backside to prep your business or did you pretty much cut the cord, go from there, kind of cold Turkey into uh into rogue i had pre i had prep yeah i'd prepped you know definitely um and i tell guys that all the time that ask that are getting into business and you know when do you know when to leave when when should i do it a lot of people are scared a lot of people are on that fence and mm -hmm. i get it um but if you're prepared you, and you, you you've done your research and you've you've been um uh doing testing things then then you, you feel pretty good about it so i felt i felt good enough about it um so i've been building my business as i worked you know, if we went to say, you know, a horse show and you're there for 12 hours sitting in your suburban, um, cause there's no reason for you to be in at that particular event for whatever reason. Um, I'm in my car building my business, man. Like, of course I got my, I have my geo fences set up on my comp set up with, but a, I don't, don't no dude sitting in his car for 12 hours. Like, fuck man. Okay. You know, <laughs> that's not real, man. <laughs> you know, of course, your you know situational awareness is there. You're there for your client. You have your things set up. You you have a team. You have dudes talking to each other. You have you know have a dog guy. You have a medic, just like in, in the military, and they're all coordinating. You have an agent in charge who's up front with the principal, so you can communicate. Um, but a lot of dudes would sit in there if, if they're if the, it was downtime. They're on YouTube. They're watching movies. They're on fucking Netflix. They're you know. And why they did that, I was like, I'm fucking going to build my business, man, because not only am I getting I'm getting paid, um, but I'm going to build my business as I'm as I have a job. So that's right. what I really started doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I really prepared I, as much as I could at the time that with, with what what I knew to, to, to pull the trigger when I felt was was uh, ready at the time was ready. Yeah, I think that's think? I think that's interesting, too. I'm sorry, Rick. No, you, you get Mark. Go ahead. I, I think that's interesting too that you said that. There's nothing wrong with, especially if you're transitioning from a uniform service or you're contracting and you're you're looking to to be an entrepreneur and do your own thing. There's nothing wrong with having that job, that stability that allows you the time and the, the resources to do certain things. You're not worried about your family. You're not worried about the private school you're sending your kids to because you have that, you know, that primary job while you're setting things up and even, you know, start initiating some of the stuff. And I think some people think they have to dive right all into it and, you know, or take out these huge loans and things like that to, 
you know, have some capital to start your business instead of just having a job. I think a lot of people, when they come out of the service, they think they got to jump right into it instead of, you know, getting some stability, getting things working and then go into their business. And that's what, you know, Rick and I talked about that earlier today is all the stuff you have going on. And that's kind of like us. We have a lot of things, irons in the fire going on at the same time. And it seems kind of chaotic. And I think you seem to thrive in that stuff where there's many things going on. Yeah. It, um, it's, it's sometimes it's a disaster. For, I mean, it's a, it looks like a disaster from afar. <laughs> there's so much yeah, shit going yeah. on and it's, you know, but, and I'm trying to get better with that because I, I sometimes create, you know, I opened up brick and mortar stores. My, my e-commerce business was, I, I took my, I took rogue from my garage, from a spare bedroom in my house to my garage, um, to five different buildings fairly quick. Wow. Friends, let's talk a little bit about Manscaped. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face of yours, guys, with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using the code OTR20 and get 20% off and get free shipping at Manscaped. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face again in the daylight. So use the kit to make sure that your scruff looks award-winning, whether you have a glorious beard flow or you have smooth cheeks. Again, go to manscaped.com, use the promo code OTR20, save yourself 20% and get free shipping. I took my 401k out because I did. You have to have cash. You have to have capital. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. you don't have to go. Some people full in with that. No, fucking get some experience, test the market, you know, educate yourself on your product and your services and how you're going to fulfill and uh, execute. Um, you know, I see guys with a lot of great ideas or with a cool product or, but they can't execute. They can't deliver. They can't fulfill. That's where dudes get jammed up. Um, you know, and I've learned those lessons, uh, you know, it's it. You can have the coolest product, idea, service, whatever a training. But if you can't execute it um, and you can't deliver that, uh, it's just gonna, it's not going to go anywhere. You might get you might last a year or two, but you see you guys have seen them. Dudes last a year or two and they're gone, man. Um, mm -hmm. in, in tra and training companies uh, in businesses. Those are businesses and um, it, the same rules apply. Um, and nobody knows everything. Sometimes you do have to take some chances for sure. Mm -hmm. But if you plan just like you're just like overseas, you're, you're, you're planning your routes, you're planning, you know, your room entries, you're planning. A lot of it does fall back into some of the training you've had in the military. Um, you know, a lot of times you plan for shit, but not, none of that stuff happened. Other stuff happened, you know, and you adjust. <laughs> so, but at yeah. least you've trained yourself. And, and when those certain things do come up, you can you can um you, you have the confidence to, to, to execute. Um, so give yourself as many tools as you can, you know, read some success, some books, you know, study some, um, some other businesses that have, that have done well. Um, but also stay original. Don't forget to stay original. And, and that's another area where I see a lot of guys in, in, in business and small business particularly is, you know, they lose their original originality. They're just spinning off somebody else's stuff and they're just, you know, they're just 
they're they're just changing up what's already been out there, you know, and that's fine. You could probably do okay, but people want original, man. People want originality, and that's what God gave us. Each one of us is an original, original number one. That's it. It's one mm -hmm. of us. And if you can put that into your business and your 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 delivery, that's what people want. You know, they don't want a cookie cutter. Here's another fucking, I don't know, whatever. It, it, you know, that that's fine for a while, but if you can deliver, bring something that's that's personal to you and, and original about you, people like that, man. I like meeting meet people that are original. I don't care how much money they have, how anything. If they, I want to know their that original thing that, that they are. And, uh, you know, if you can put that in your business, you'll be fine. Um, you won't come off as you're imitating somebody else. Um, you're not stealing somebody's training course. You're just, you know, you might take bits and pieces of things for sure. We all mm -hmm. do that. Painters do that. Musicians do that. Artists do that. You know, they take little bits and pieces of inspired them, you know, be inspired, find some stuff that inspires you, um, you know, but also bring your original, your originality uh, to the table as well. Otherwise, it just starts looking like everything else. And then people get bored and, you know, and yeah. leave find the next thing that's original um so i tell a lot of guys coming up you know just don't lose that man it's okay to you're not like that like, oh man that's fine be you and, and put that into your business people will know and they'll value that mm -hmm. yeah so wes going back kind of when you first started up rogue just a couple questions for you probably what do you think your biggest lesson learned during that process was and then did you have any mentor or mentors during that process um, so biggest, um, looking back, you know, I was, we were, I was doing very well for what I knew and what I was and growing at a sustainable rate. Um, you know, I, I took it from, I took my 401k out. So I had maybe 60,000 there. I bought inventory. I bought, you know, computers, I bought things I needed. Um, and you know, we did sales over $34 million in, in six, six years, you know, which to me was unbelievable and I, I never thought i was like man if i could sell if i sell a few things i, I feel kind of cool man but it started transpiring very quickly you know so when that was happening it was great but i also made a lot of mistakes there um and i don't even call them mistakes i don't call them mistakes i call them learning lessons and mm -hmm. and uh you know when you're doing really well somewhere and you're you know I kind of get a little bored. I want to try something else too within that. What else, what else can I do with this? So I opened brick and mortar stores, you know, e-commerce where I was killing it and uh, opened up a, one in Fort Bragg and then one in um, uh, Colleen because they're right outside the military bases. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do with my brand was I didn't want to be a, a, a basement brand selling stuff on e-commerce. Like I wanted dudes to be able to come have a true experience at my store, get a tattoo, hang out with other dudes, play pool, you know, something badass, man, that, that just wasn't out there. Um, but it was very difficult. It was very hard to find employees. It was hard. You know, uh, my Colleen store, a car ran through the front door. Uh, it was just, it was just like, Holy man, crap. yeah, nightmare. And those are just little, I mean, there was so much that it was to deal with, um, you know, Learning, looking back, I would have, I should have franchised it out. I should have said, you know what, this, bro, this is your store. I will mm -hmm. help you succeed. I have the business model down. People want it. They love it. Um, you know, stick to the guidelines. I will help you. Um, but I'm not running it. I'm not dealing with insurance. I'm not dealing with employees that are late. I'm not dealing with, you know, 
so that was a mistake for me. I was killing it on e-commerce and I'm like, I want to open my stores now. And I had a store in Austin too, which was killing it because I'm here. I'm, I can, I can manage that. Um, so that, that was definitely a mistake, you know, not a mistake. It was a learning lesson. I learned a lot from, so when I talk to people that are, if you're doing really well on something, you know, and you want to spread into some other things, just be careful about it. Cause that might actually take you away um, from, take you away from your bread and butter. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're doing really well there, but you're spreading yourself too thin. So don't spread yourself too thin. Um, you, you know, if you can grow at a sustainable rate and then hire, bring on the right staffing to do all that fine. But if you have to be so involved, it's going to burn you out. Number one, it's going to burn you out and it's going to, it's not going to be fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. More people, more problems. You know, I, <laughs> you know that, yes. That's how I, I like it kind of being small is kind of cool, man. I'm fluid. Mm-hmm. I can move. I can, I can shoot, move, communicate faster and efficiently. Um, I can make decisions on the spot and, and, and change things. Once you're that big monster that everybody wants to become, I'm going to you know, dominate everybody. I'm going to crush them. I'm going to have the fucking kingdom and all this bullshit. Yeah. Just like watch the fucking Roman Empire, man. The bigger you get, more people involved. All that mm-hmm. stuff, man, it, it just gets corrupted and you lose, again, you lose originality. So, you know, back then, I, you know, I'm competitive in nature and I do want to grow. And I, I start seeing a lot of stuff happening and, 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 and you know, competition and spinoffs type stuff. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to, no, no, I'm going to be ahead and this, that and the other. But no, no, I just, I do my own thing. People like it. Great. You know, if they don't, I don't care. Like, I don't, that's another thing I've learned. Like, just be happy that you're, that you're sustaining and you're doing what you love to do and you're paying your bills and you'll, you'll grow just fine and you'll get the type of support you need. And, and uh, I don't want to be an Apple. I don't want to be a monster corporation. I don't want, I, I don't want to be that. Cause then it's, it's not fun. You know, I've had 50 employees and I've had three employees and I have much more fun when I have like, you know, five, six, eight employees Got more people, same with employees, you have more problems. So right. and I don't I just don't want it. Some people like that. They want to have, you know, they want the management and the leadership and all that stuff that excites them and motivates them. Me, not really, it doesn't anymore. I, I like the creative side. I want to create stuff. I don't want to be involved with people that I don't want to manage yeah. people. That's not motivating to me. I did that shit in the Marine Corps. I'm not fucking babysitting people. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's but then West goes, West goes, hey man, I've got rogue American going. Let me go dive into some coffee because, you know, who doesn't oh, like a man. good cup of coffee and well, start that whole process? Yeah. So Rogue's doing great, you know, and, you know, we did the brick and mortar stuff. And, um, you know, uh, so Rogue, the way I had Rogue set up, Rogue is it's a lifestyle brand. It's a lifestyle mm-hmm. brand. of what Not only I like mm-hmm. dudes that are into my kind of stuff that I'm into and they're into. They like they like guns. They like knives. They like dog stuff. I did dog collars. I did high end nylon dog collars. I did tactical belts. I did, uh, uh, um, I did fucking, what else? Shit, beard oils. I did all the shit that that we like, man. I was like, just one stop shop for cool shit, man. You know, and <laughs> and and with that, dudes, what what does every dude like? Fucking coffee, man. Most of yep. them do anyway. So I'm like, you know, I'm gonna offer coffee under my brand that people can pick up a shirt, a hat, some beard oil, a fucking knife that, you know, I hire a local knife maker, all my dudes that I work with, I hire local small businesses, mm-hmm. veteran military police that make cool shit, leathermen, you know, knife makers, stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's a win-win. We, we say this is what we want. We develop it with them. And now I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving them a lot of business. I turn around and then 
sell that and increase my business. So, um, you know, we were doing stuff like that. So coffee, you know, I'm, I love coffee. I, I lived in, you know, Italy for a long time. And as you guys know, when you travel the world, you try lots of different coffee, Turkish, Yemen mm -hmm. coffee, you know, Cuban coffee. Um, coffee's got a really cool history to it. Um, you know, so I wanted to make, I wanted to make a really good coffee and I don't like acidic, like, you know, a lot of the coffees out there, in my opinion, are, are too acidic. They're very acidic. Um, so we came up with Invader. I got with a local roaster. I interviewed about, you know, six different roasters and I found one that we, that would allow us to develop our own, um, uh, blend with and our own, uh, identity within that coffee profile which is a low acidic um, coffee. So we do air roasting. Um, air roasting is 1% is of the coffee in the world is air roasted because it's very difficult, it's expensive. Um, um, it, it roasts the bean at 360 degrees. So it's 360 degrees roasted, so you kill the acidic level. Uh, and we extract the skin. So when you burn, when you roast the bean, there's a skin around the bean. Almost every company I know, including Starbucks, leaves that on there. They just, it's a filler. They just, if you look at your grounds, you see little white specks in there. That's filler, man. That's burnt skin. You look in mine, it's fucking black, like my fucking heart, you know? Boom, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, I, I wanted to create, you know, anything we did, it's no gimmicky silliness. It's the highest quality stuff I can do from our designs to our coffee to working with knife makers or leather workers. I want the highest quality stuff. I don't want gimmicky shit to put a logo on. Um, so, you know, we worked on that coffee for about a year until we came out with uh, what we thought was the perfect coffee, which was the Invader Original, which is the original Vader there. Um, and we launched it and dude, the feedback was great. People were loving it. And um, so I was like, you know what, let's create another, some different blends. So we did a, a Mexican chocolate, which by the way, we launched on Amazon and um, um, we came out. It was number one for new coffee and tea products on Amazon, beating Starbucks number two um, for K-Cups, which we already know our coffee is better than Starbucks. But because they have that huge name, you can mm -hmm. get buried in Amazon just because you don't have that big, powerful marketing right. bullshit. Yeah. But because the feedback, the delivery, people's just how quick they responded to Mexican chocolate K-Cups. Number one, you know, so that would, to me was a, those are the wins I like, you know, those are the wins I like. I don't need to be in every store and all this stuff. No, those are fucking nightmares. I want to, you know, I want to keep it quality, consistent. And, and um, anyway, so that's that's how I started Invader. It was a product under the rogue lifestyle, which is shooting guns, listen to fucking heavy metal, burning out cars, helping people out, being a fucking good person, being somebody who can fucking be capable and able to do shit. And, you know, and they want good coffee. They don't want some shit coffee. No, they want good quality shit. So that's, you know, that's kind of how Invader happened. And then it just took off. And, you know, my, you know, my sense with, with, with this was, and it was doing great under the rogue umbrella, under the rogue brand. But I'm a big picture person. I build Invader to be positioned as another business. I've already sold a business before. You want your business set up. So, you know, I tell guys this too, getting into business. One day you're going to want to leave that business unless you're just so in love with it that you want to die with that fucking thing. Which I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I want to be fucking in 
I don't know, Montana or, uh, you know, in Sicily floating in a pool, about 300 pounds eating grapes or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't want to be sitting there counting my fucking coffee beans or my stores. Right. No. Um, so I want to do stuff, cool stuff with my businesses. You know, we've got to build homes for guys. We've built uh, school schoolhouses for guys. We don't go out there and mention this and throw that around as a marketing scheme. You know, dudes that know that know. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've done stuff with the squadron dudes out there and they brought me a plaque that just says thanks on it. We don't mm -hmm. talk about that. We don't, you know, and to me, you know, those are wins for me. That, I don't need to, that, that means we're doing stuff right. And that's the stuff, mm -hmm. you know, we've been able to do with our businesses that we don't, we don't talk about a lot of stuff that we've been able to do that makes me, you know, it's one thing selling stuff, making money and all this stuff. But I want to, if I can help some folks along the way and especially the communities that I respect, that's my obligation and that's my duty. And if you make good money and I'm all about making, let's make some big money. Cause I guess what, now I can do some shit. Now I can, you know, I can do some pretty amazing stuff. Not, you know, well, I bought me a couple of nice things, but I've been able to help out some, <laughs> some folks that makes it's more worthwhile to me, man. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, that stuff, you know, that's that's where it's at. So and that's another part of, you know, success and, and growth. Do some good things with your machine because you really want to do that. And then good things will happen and amazing people will come into your lives. Um, you know, I've got to be around and, and, and do projects with people that I grew up watching on TV that I would like, be, you know, like because we've gotten involved with adaptive athletes, we've gotten involved with with different folks that nobody really cared about at the time. Um, you know, we took adaptive athletes to the Arnold, the first people to sponsor that. We were a small business, but, you know, and when the when the founders asked me, you know, I told them they still laughed about it. I, I said right away, I was like, absolutely, man, what do we need to do? And uh, the founder at the time, Dell, said, man, you know how many companies we reached out to? And not, not a peep, man, not a fucking crickets. Because you're the first one that said, dude, hell yeah, what do we got to do? Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, that's my mindset. And we were able to, you know, for us as a small business, help get those folks out there to compete and be there because that's motivating to me. When I, I don't care if you're some beautiful fucking CrossFit athlete or some strong, I don't care. I like to see dudes and gals that have missing limbs and true, true, um, true heart. People that, that, that go out there and fight no matter what their physical ability is and they're out there that to me is motivating and, and inspiring. Um, and, you know, those are the type of things that I love about being in this business is doing, doing those things. And then with that, the amazing things happen. Who shows up to see that event? You know, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was disabled versus able bodies competition CrossFit back in the corner, you know, um, I'm friends with some of the Arnold security guys and, uh, you know, uh, I was like, dude, I was telling Mark that's on the details. I was like, you got to bring Arnold over here. This shit will blow his mind. It's badass. And uh, they end up taking him over there. And Arnold goes over there and he's blown away, man. He's fucking blown away. You got dudes with no fucking legs doing burpees with his arms on boxes, man. You got, mm -hmm. you know, his back's is fucking wide. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, um, these gals and, and with, you know, uh, child of Chernobyl, you know, um, Tanya, child of Chernobyl. She was born uh, during that meltdown. Her mother was in that melt during that meltdown. So she 
contact with all the radiation. Uh, and when she was born, she had all kinds of issues, ended up in a Russian throwaway place. And uh, some beautiful American family brought her to the States. And uh, and now she's an athlete, man. She's both of her legs. She's, uh, you know, born without um, both of her legs um, below the knee. Um, and her she only has a few fingers and part of her tongue. But she goes out there and fucking kills it, man. You know, and and you know, it's just stuff like that. I think it's badass. Like that's that's fucking badass. So Arnold goes over there and he's blown away. And uh, when they're going back to his hotel, his security guy calls me. He goes, he goes, dude. On the way back, Arnold. He said the whole time he said that's the coolest thing I've ever seen at any one of my events in all these years. That was amazing. So you know, then he gets involved and starts going over there and takes Derek Carver out to dinner and all this stuff. You know. Um, so every time we, you know, and back then, dude, I would show up to the Arnold with a Coleman tent, a Coleman tent and some gear and two ugly looking dudes, just like me standing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and, and here it is, you know, two, three years later, every year I go there, guess who comes to my booth, man, small, small little company like us. And you got all these big giant cheesy supplement companies like bang and all this bullshit. Um, that millions of dollars in their booth build outs and stuff. And here's, you know, a couple of freaking knuckleheads standing in a tent, maybe with a pay a couple good looking chicks to maybe stand in there with us. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Arnold comes by, man, and hangs out, gets pictures and all that. And people are like, what? Because you can't even pay him to do that there. You know, so to me, yeah. those are the wins. Those are wins. And that's because we've gotten involved with stuff and given back to different communities in, in any way we could. Um, that's opened up amazing doors, you know, um, and I can go on and on and on about more of those type of stories. So I tell dudes getting into business, you don't have to give everything away. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a for-profit business for profit. Mm -hmm. I got to make profit. I got bills to pay. I got employees to pay. I got vendors to pay shit, man. It's expensive. It's very expensive to have a business, especially a product and all this stuff and employees oh, yeah. and all that. Um, but if I can use my machine and and, uh, and and help some folks out financially, we can raise some money. We can. I've done hero wads out here at my place. I got a gym that's free for veterans, free for law enforcement officers, free for anybody joining the military. Um, all the recruits come out here and train. I don't put all that stuff all over fucking social media once in a while, but um, Tim Kennedy comes out and trains. Undertaker comes in here once in a while. You know, it's kind of <laughs> cool. cool. But I like when yeah. these dudes show up, man. I like when our type of people show up, man. They feel like, like I want to feel like I'm back, you know, I'm, I'm at a, de a deployment style conics gym, you know, and mm -hmm. talk to some other dudes with like minds. And then we do hero wads, you know, and, and it's that's the juice, man. That's the cool stuff. So, you know, I think that's what kind of sets us apart from a lot of things. And I, I, I'm, you know, I. I try to support everybody and I, I, you know, I think there's a piece of pie for everybody to, to, to win and I want everybody to win. Um, but, you know, just stay true to you and your roots and, 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 and good things do, they come. Um, you start getting pulled in all these directions. It, it'll, it'll start messing with you. And I've done that. I've gotten pulled in direction. Maybe we should try this. Maybe we should try that. And now I've, I've come back. Like, I'm like, no, man, I'm going to come back to my roots and to what, you know, and, and, and what got us really going and not worry about anything else, but what we're doing. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's the good stuff for me, you know, but it, it just depends on what your goals are, how big you want to get, um, you know, but getting big doesn't mean, and actually getting big can be a, can crush you too. You could get so big 
that now you have, you know, say 100 employees, 200 employees, you have uh, massive overhead. You're making a lot of sales. You have a lot of, you know, you know, revenue coming in, but then it's going right back out when you got to pay all your bills. Now, say something happens, like COVID happens, or say, you know, recession comes, something happens, and now, fuck, man, like you could go from being this giant. You've seen it happen. It's happened. It happened to the Gap, I think. Um, you know, uh, Old Navy. Some of those big companies during COVID had to shut oh, down yeah. so many places because they couldn't afford it. You know, so you know that's something to think about a small business man. Stay small, have a cool product, and crush it, man. Have a couple employees, and and you then crush it. Don't get all this overhead and employees and all this stuff because everything you're making is going right out the window, right back out. So yeah. I say that, man. Keep stay small, and you can do really well, man. And you're flexible; you can move. 